0: Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things.
1: Yes, it's another episode of Favourites, and today's guest, I'm so excited because I I just love him uh, in all ways and shapes and sizes. Brian (laughs) Nankervis. I know that didn't make sense, but that's how fast I am doing the intro. (laughs)
0: No, Simon, you know, as soon as you mention favourites and then mention shapes and sizes, it's like a biscuit barrel that's just overflowing with uh, love and happiness. <laughs> now, I love you too. You've oh, you've been, you know, really uh, a part of my sort of professional life in a way for, for years and years at AW there. I've done lots of spots and... You know, whenever Rockwiz needs a push, you're there to give us a hand. So I'm I'm delighted to be part of this.
1: Even though technically we should be enemies because I'm 3AW and you're on the ABC, of course, with uh, Jacinta on the Friday Review. That's right.
0: Well, look, it's funny that, you know, I like the fact that you are more than happy to mention other stations, and in fact, I met someone, I interviewed someone, let me get this right, okay, Ed LeBrock, Ed LeBrock is formerly Eddie Ayres, who was a classical music presenter on the ABC, and she became he, Um, and she's now... He is Ed LeBrock, and he's put out these incredible books about music. And I interviewed him at a library the other night, and we were talking about radio, and he said, oh, well, of course, you know, 3AW, Breakfast, Ross Ross uh, Stevenson, and he launched into this great um, – Tribute really to how Ross, you know, shaped his world in terms of understanding Melbourne because he was a pom
1: oh, and right. he
0: came here and he's a classical presenter and he's now an author. He's a really interesting uh, chap. Uh, I get that right. Yes. Um, and he was raving about Ross. So there you go. So yeah, I'm I'm up for all all radio stations being acknowledged. Well, that's that's lovely.
1: Now, the, the Friday review. How how long has that been going? Well, well it's been a few our, years now, isn't
0: it? Yeah, this is our eighth year. Uh, I spent four years doing it with Rochelle Hunt, and now four years with Jacinta Parsons, and it's great. Every Friday, I you know get ready, and and we have you know four or five or six guests. Last week we had Jimmy Webb. Um, Tomorrow we've got Lisa Gorman. We have all sorts of people and I do a quiz every week, which I think, boy, every Thursday night for the last eight years, I've spent a couple of hours slaving over eight questions. It's funny. You think that, you know, as time goes on it would get easier, but I think it gets harder. Yes. (laughs) I mean, they're all drawn from the the current affairs, but when the world is in the state that it's in – I don't want to be asking questions about, you know, Israeli army and Gaza and horrendous acts of violence. It's sort of like... Boy, anyway.
1: Well, I think we sort of twin soul in that way in that, you know, here I am on, uh, you know, a news talk station as well. And, and yet I, my show has absolutely no news and current affairs content in it. It, oh. it. In fact, I always refer to, I always make mention of whoever's doing the news that night because my, my sort of expression there is they'll keep you up to date because I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm just there for, for fun and, and to entertain and keep people company.
0: Well, and you know what? Sometimes I'll, I'll leave here. I used to do a Sunday night show here and I would leave and I would always pop it over to uh, AW and then, you know, love hearing uh, Dennis of an evening. Yes. It's um, it's great. And your loyal listeners who are often hilarious and um, usually wonderful and... It's great,
1: yeah, yeah. Now, now I heard I, I listened to a podcast uh, which yes. is done by Glenn Robbins and Dave O'Neill, and in listening yes. to it, it's um I, for, I keep forgetting the name of it. Uh, uh, somehow related, yes, it's somehow, funny, that's somehow right. related.
0: They they take two things that are somehow related.
1: Yeah, and, and and they they try and find out what the link is between them. And in listening to them, they were discussing the fact that I think it was that they met in teachers' college, and so I, I know Glenn actually. Had a career as a teacher. I don't know if yeah. Dave actually ever did, but uh, but you had a career as a teacher. So what is it My with choice. Melbourne comedy and teachers?
0: Yeah, well you could probably make the same argument about lawyers yes. because there's a lot of them. Ah, oh, it's funny. I was just thinking about that. I think teaching gives you a really strong background in crowd control, in the idea of selling something, i.e. You know, presenting information that is um, rich and enjoyable, and you know, ideally, you'll have a laugh with it because that's what I found. I realised I taught for six years. I taught primary, yeah. whereas Glenn and Dave, I think, were secondary. Right. But I just quickly realised that the best way to teach something to get something through to these kids who, you know, were bouncing off the walls or were pushing each other in the back or, you know, flicking rulers at each other. The best way to get them involved was to have some humour and some charisma and And I think really I fell into showbiz at the last laugh as a waiter yeah. and I think probably doing Let the Blood Run Free, which was our yes. first my first sort of professional uh, production, and we ended up doing it on Channel 10. And um, I don't think I could have done that if I hadn't taught for six years. I think I just intuitively learned crowd control and, you know, capturing a crowd.
1: But teaching is sort of a performance, isn't it? You've got an audience of of 20-something kids there. If you're not entertaining them (laughs) as well as educating them,
0: it's- and I reckon I was a frustrated entertainer. You know, I think I, I think when I started teaching, I thought, oh, this is fun. You know, I can, I can generate some excitement and get the room laughing, and you know, get people, get kids saying things that they might have not said because they're, they're feeling inspired, or you know. And I reckon. I think 30 years later I'm trying to do the same thing with Rockwiz when I've got six people up and and I'm looking for contestants and they're people from the audience who are not used to being on stage. If I can create an environment where they shine and they demonstrate their genius for, you know, the bootleg albums of, um, you know, Mick Jagger, or no, you know, uh, Mick Taylor when he left the Rolling Stones, obscure, arcane <laughs> things, It's it can often be funny and fascinating. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned Let the Blood Run Free. That was – now, where did the concept for that come from? Because it was so unique. Was it yourself or Ian McFadden, <laughs> or how did it come well, about?
0: No, Ian McFadgen – produced the TV show for Channel 10. Yeah. No, in 1985, John Pinder, the late, great John Pinder, who who began The Last Laugh with Roger Evans, yes. and a woman called Tori McBride, who was sort of a booker, if you like, at Le Joke, uh, approached John Thompson, who was a director, and they said, what about a, soap op- a send-up of a soap opera? And someone said why don't we make it a hospital soap opera? And then someone else said, why don't we make it improvised? So the actors are, are sort of making it up on the spot. And then John Thompson was a big sort of believer in um, this is sort of Italian theatre style called, he says, reaching, yes, Commedia dell'arte, which is a sort of big grand everything was exaggerated so we everything was exaggerated so the nurses were pure and innocent the matron was conniving and evil yes. the doctors were either good and pure like me dr good or <laughs> womanizing like dr Lovechild. there was a dribbling orderly <laughs> <laughs> but no john pinder Uh, Tori McBride and John Thompson. Yeah, yeah. And then they just got these actors and they got, you know, Gene Kitson, Linda Gibson, Peter Rosethorn, Mark Cutler, myself, Helen Knight. And I just sort of waited. I was waiting for them to say, look, it's been fun, Brian, but we're going to get a proper stand-up, you know. In that, in those days, there was Richard Stubbs, there was Mark Neal, there was Shane Bourne, there were all these lost trios. It was a pretty rich time, mid eighties. Yeah. But they didn't, and I sort of hung in and found a little niche. And you know, I think I was a long way from the Rosethorns and the Gibsons and Gene Kitson. They were, they had a bit more experience, and I think they'd done, you know, they'd trained. They were probably better performers, but you know. But it my comes, six years. But
1: it comes uh, so it comes so naturally to you as a performance. Like even just as a person, when we've been in the same room together, you walk into yeah. a room and you you own it, and it's not an intentional thing. There's no. I get. I, I've always felt the sense. There's no sense of ego with you. Uh, you're just there. But
0: I you, hope not. Yeah, I think you know what I reckon. I reckon it's about 10 years of doing warm-ups yep. where I had to get the audience focused and and, and excited and happy, and I sort of did that however I could. But I was never the main, you know, I was always the the warm-up guy. You know, if I was warming up for Lano and Woodley, yes. it was Colin and Frank who were the stars. If it was the panel, it was Tom and Rob and... Kate Langbrook and Santo, you know. I Well, I used to say I did the foreplay um, <laughs> and I handed over um, the, uh, what shall we say, the, the excitement, the climax, <laughs> yes. Simon, let's be honest.
1: <laughs> oh. uh, the, the, anyway. You've just brought back a memory that I'd long since forgotten and it was in yeah. fact the first time I ever saw you. And oh. I, I was I was um, a producer for Bruce and Phil back at the time, but yes. I w- was uh, invited to go to the filming of Thank God You're Here, um, and you were doing the
0: warm up for that. I did them all. I did all all three series. One at Nana Wadding. Yes. One at. The Channel Seven and one at the Showgrounds, I think. Well, that was that was at Nunawading. This particular Nunna one, Wadding. Yes,
1: yeah, a- yeah. And and I remember my and this is a terribly cruel thing to say to Hamish Blake, but I'm I'm sure he's made enough money and has enough success in his life yeah. that he won't mind me saying this. I remember he he appeared on Thank God You're Here, and I and I thought his performance was quite quite good, but yeah. but not great. And I remember walking away from that thinking. Brian doing the warm-up was much better than Hamish wow. doing the show. So
0: wow. there you go. How's that? Well, thank you. <laughs> that was it. Was fun and it was tough because you know there was three hundred people and it was you had the producers all wanting you to make sure you know I, the warm-up thing is a really great training ground. I reckon. Yeah, really great because you know if a camera breaks down, all right, you got to fill in go on do you know or if the wardrobe is not ready uh, Brian now uh, be about 10 minutes but keep them you know yep. keep them happy keep them fired up so you go oh god all right well maybe we'll juggle or let's do a music quiz or
1: you know, yeah, always something up the sleeve.
0: Yeah, something up the sleeve.
1: Now, the the other thing you do, and and again, I've witnessed you. It's amazing how many times. I'm surprised you haven't taken out, taken out some sort of injunction against me, <laughs> because I went along to a, a school function for my old school out in Morial and and who's up on stage there hosting the event? But Brian Nankervis. Oh, it was uh, for Billanook College many oh, years ago. Oh, yes, now. I
0: remember that Billanook.
1: Yep, and and I remember. Uh, I remember being very impressed because you you hadn't just sort of turned up, like, you, you, to book Brian Nankervis to do a, a hosting gig, which you, you do plenty of, the, that corporate work type stuff, you, yeah. don't, you don't just sort of turn up and just host. You, you actually put a lot of work into it because you were telling us stuff about Moralbark and and Billanook and you know, the Aboriginal words. Oh. You, you were telling us the history of those things. And you know, I, I lived in the suburb and went to the school and had no idea of the stuff you were telling us. So you, you would have curated, you know, yeah, written special material... A
0: yeah, well, you know, you you don't want to be up there and just have nothing to say, so you try and you do a bit of prep and, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Well, I taught at Wesley yep. out in Glen Waverley and then I taught at Kingswood. So I was sort of – I knew that um, world, if you like, of the, the uh, middle – rung private school, yes. which I think probably Billanook was, when I say middle rung, I mean not Scotch or Wesley yeah. or, whereas Kingswood and Billanook were a bit, so I sort of knew that world maybe, yep. oh I don't know, I probably was baffling, Oh, not <laughs> what's the word, um, bluffing a bit. It, no, anyway. well, it
1: was, as always, very entertaining.
0: Oh, good uh, on you, know, you, Simon. Do you
1: still do that? Is there an agent that people would book you through? If someone's yeah. listening now thinking, I've got a function coming up and I want Brian.
0: Oh, sure. No, no, I do lots of those things. Um, yes, you would go to... Um, Where would you go? I think they would send you an email at AW and then you would send it to me. (laughs) 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 And if the agent, a man called Peter Camelfield who does get me some work uh, every now and again is listening. I'll then get Peter involved. Yeah. But no, no, I I do lots. I still do. You know, I did a – I hosted um, an evening at a lawyer's lawyer's Friday night drinks about a month ago and that was good and you know I Ed LeBrock this author I yep. hosted a, a library function for him and I did a, far, a parent trivia night parent student trivia night for Melbourne Grammar Anyway, blah blah blah. Wonderful.
1: Now I I know your time is tight, so we better get to the point of this entire uh, thing that I do called favourites. Favourites. And uh, and so what I have here in front of me is a list of fifty things that uh, that you might possibly have favourites about. And what I do is randomly point without looking at the uh, the bit of paper, and then I read out what it is, and then ask you the question. So uh, question one, uh, favourite. Do
0: you want hang on? Do you want elaboration or do you want short and sharp answers?
1: No, just whatever feels comfortable. Yeah, a mixture okay. of both. Yep. Favorite. Let's go. Favorite clothing item.
0: Clothing item would be a t-shirt. Has to be a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, loose, uh, comfortable. Occasionally, uh, you know, advertising the fact that I'm a Bob Dylan fan.
1: Oh, ah, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Mine's. My, I've I've got three uh, red t-shirts with the Greatest American Hero logo on it. Oh, so, yeah, well, so. there
0: you go. Uh, and can I just say, I've discovered the puffy jacket. Oh okay. Oh, so then, in the, in the depths of winter yes. I would probably change that answer to a puffy jacket.
1: Is it a black one um, like every everyone in oh, Melbourne yeah. it's it's Melbourne's yeah. uniform in winter? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'd resisted for years and then someone lent me well, I went to London in January and someone said, "Well, you know, you're insane if you don't wear one of these." And I'd thought oh, it's a bit daggy, it's a bit everywhere, but boy Comfort, nice. you know, yeah.
1: All right. Favorite pet?
0: Favorite pet is Jerry, who is a 11 year old groodle uh, named after Jerry Seinfeld, alternately, Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead or Jerry Lee Lewis. He is the light of my life. Uh, Fifteen years ago, if you'd said, will you get a pet? I've said no. The kids insisted. I resisted. I resisted and now I adore him. Yeah. I uh, I
1: had a dog when I was young and loved it, but I never wanted oh. one. Once Once he passed, I never wanted another. And uh, wow. my, my daughter mm-hmm. bugged me and bugged me for a, a, a dog. And in the end, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said to me, you know, no kid ever grew up and said, oh, if only my parents had not let me get a dog, I would be so yes. much happier. And yes. uh, and I thought, well, why the hell not? And we're, we're, yes. Yeah, so my wife and kids have... Uh, Two dogs now, and uh, and they just adore them.
0: It's bizarre. You know, m- my phone comes on, and there's a picture of Jerry, uh, The first one to greet us when we get home, yeah. there's Jerry. Exactly. They're, they're, <laughs>
1: they're the ones that get off the couch when you get home. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: Favourite sports person?
0: Oh, well, boy. Uh, well, probably Glenn Maxwell at the moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, you fall off a golf cart, and then you... <laughs> two hundred and one with horrendous cramps, but that's just a that's a current thing. Uh, as a youngster, I was obsessed with Collingwood footballers like Len Thompson, yes. Barry Price, Colin Tully, but I reckon my big favourite was John Greening, who was sadly uh, felled by a, uh, a pretty tough blow, but we won't linger there. But I was there that day at uh, oh. Moorabbin Oval against St Kilda and it broke my heart. Yeah. So John Greening, um, oh, look, there's way too many, aren't there? Catherine, um, Cathy, Cathy, Cathy Freeman, Freeman. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Adore her. Um, and I always liked the Fros- Fr- Mr. Frosby who did the flop.
1: <laughs> oh, no, Yes. There Um, you go. Favourite moment this year?
0: Oh, look, it could have been um, swimming at Broken Head about two days ago, just south of Byron Bay. Oh, nice. Oh, look, watching Paul McCartney with my family, that is a ripper speaking to jimmy webb a yes. couple of weeks ago for the friday review it's very hard to pick one moment it is too Simon. yeah
1: well there's just so many good ones
0: <laughs> all right you know what i'm yep. going to say i'm going to say paul mccartney yeah
1: no, that look uh, uh, I had a, uh, a work colleague uh, Bianca who is semi-regular on air on 3 Aw Yeah. she went to the, she was on on air with Tony moclair saying uh, why would anyone pay to go and see an 80 something year old man sing because you know he's going to be not at his prime and then she went along to the concert in Melbourne and came out and saying it was the best concert she'd ever seen yeah she then proceeded to book tickets to fly to Sydney ah. to then catch a train to Newcastle stay you overnight didn't? in a backpackers hostel just so ah you can see the Newcastle concert and then come all the way back the very next day. So, uh, yeah, Paul, I, I, I understand there's some sort of attraction with Paul.
0: Oh, that's good. <laughs> I really like that. All right, well, I'm picking Paul and with a close second, my swim at Broken Head, uh, northern New South Wales Lovely. two days ago.
1: Now, a, a couple more because I, I know you've got to yeah. go very shortly, but uh, favourite home-cooked meal?
0: Oh, well, by myself, it would be my uh, dal, which I've sort of tried to, uh, Indian dal, I've tried to um, cook over and over and over, so I've got it, and I'm pretty happy with that, although I did a baked uh, trevally the other night that was particularly good, but no, anything my wife cooks, and I know that's a cliche, and she will often say, oh, you're just saying that. But really, she understands my my palate, my limited North uh, Northbourne uh, taste buds. <laughs> she, uh, but she's but she's inspired adventure, and so there's, there's chili and there's there's cumin, cumin. Um and there's there's lots of lime. I'm I'm big into lime Yeah squeezing lime on anything at the moment. Yeah,
1: that's that's fair enough. Lime always goes well on a rice sort of oh, dish. Yeah. Doesn't it?
0: Yeah, very nice.
1: Uh, favorite car?
0: Favorite car would be uh wow. You always love your first car, which was a, a blue Falcon, and I'm talking 1975, so it had metal um, blinds on the back (laughs) window, it had a very strange um, windscreen wiper system where if you put the wipers on, when you were traveling up a hill with your foot on the accelerator, they would go slowly. When you took your foot off the accelerator, they would go quickly. Oh, <laughs> a vacuum, a vacuum assisted. Uh, it later, uh, I think I we we did the head. You know how people say, "Oh, you've done the head, mate." Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the head's gone. You yeah, cracked that, the head, mate. Yeah, that's going to cost you. Yeah, between uh, th- on the road between Threadbow and Marimbula. Ah. Oh. It was never the same. I think we towed it. We sort of put it back to pieces. Then I got a Wolseley. Then I got a Holden. No, I'm saying it's the Blue Falcon. The Blue Falcon. You. Would it
1: have been an XB or something in that era? Oh, would
0: Oh, something like that. There'd be an X and there'd be a P. What order they're in is up to you.
1: And last one before I let you go. Favourite yes. childhood bedtime story? Oh. <sighs>
0: I read I found a couple of books the other day that I'd loved as a kid. one was called uh Speed Six about an english uh, uh you know racing car one was called The Perilous Descent. But you're talking about things that people would read to me.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, either they've read to you or you've read to your kids or...
0: I reckon, oh, wow. Okay, I've got a lot that I read to my kids. Uh, Shirley Hughes is an English author and she had a whole series uh, called Lucy and Tom. Lucy and Tom go to the beach. Lucy and Tom go to school. Lucy and Tom this. I loved them. All the usuals, Doctor Seuss, yes. uh, Goodnight Moon. I loved um, oh lots the, the, um, yeah, that the I, yeah that I miss. I'm desperate for grandchildren so I can read little kids to you know oh. stories to kids. How, how look, far off you, are you from grandchildren? Oh, in a long way. Oh, they really? just all fancy free and you know. Oh, what kids?
1: You you got to set set them up, get them settled down, and get them married. Fi- yeah, you have, haven't you? And, yeah, I've I've got two grandkids, and I oh, it's the greatest thing ever, greatest I thing bet. ever.
0: Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I'll leave you with this. My dad was not a big one for reading, and my mum was more a. Uh, um, she would sing to me. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. Yes. So it was a bit sort of quasi. Methodist um, <laughs> hymn slash prayer slash my mum, you know, singing. But dad, if I pushed him really hard, he would tell me stories about the jungles of New Guinea. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah. And and yeah, but I had to push him hard because it, you know, as you can imagine, these were not happy times. No. But he survived. He got dengue fever and I think there was a sniper um, that maybe dad avoided or dad, you know, got to first. Yeah, that was the, that was the one that if I really pushed, he would tell me that story. Well but um
1: another yeah. another occasional guest on my show does a, a semi regular segment is Michael Veach who has specialized yes. in writing a lot of uh, war uh, yeah. related uh, people's journeys you you sh- you, are, you should partner up with Michael and oh, get that know, story I've done, I've done get have story out with
0: there Michael Veach he's a yeah. beauty
1: yeah but uh, it would be great to see that story you know, told uh, now, uh, Brian, you have been extremely generous with your time.
0: Oh, Simon, pleasure.
1: <laughs> and uh, we will we will do it again. We'll catch up somewhere down the traps. It's uh, yeah. All,
0: good on you, mate. Always I'll, I'll great see to See you chat. at another function. What was the last one? The prostate the,
1: That's right, over, men's yeah. prostate health uh, thing. Yes, uh, it, it was a, a wonderful uh, idea set up to raise money, and uh, a whole bunch of pubs threw their weight behind it. And you know, yeah. they, we need more of that sort of
0: thing. And, and you know who was a big part of that was Kevin Luscombe. And I'm going to just be a bit self-indulgent here because his son, Peter Luscombe, is the Rockwiz drummer and plays drums for Paul Kelly. Yes. And Kevin, uh, his dad, started that foundation or was one of the starters and he just passed away recently. So there's oh. um, a little tribute to the great Kevin Luscombe. Yes.
1: There you go. Yep, wonderful. A nice little nod to a a great man. with to a great man. Who uh, achieved great things. Uh, Brian, always a pleasure. I've enjoyed it very much. Good on you, pal. Brian Nankervis.